Uh, please turn to 1 Corinthians 13. And uh, I'll read uh, verses uh, 4 through 7. And then we'll have a word of prayer. Uh, hear God's word. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we uh, thank you for uh, your word, and we thank you for Jesus Christ and uh, the demonstration of uh, his love in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And uh, we're grateful uh, for the fact that uh, that is not only an objective reality, uh, something that took place in history, uh, but uh, your love has been applied to our hearts uh, by the Holy Spirit who has uh, been poured out upon us and given to us. And so uh, as we look again at this uh, subject of love, we pray that you'd uh, be pleased to work your love into our hearts and uh, make of us uh, individuals uh, and a people who uh, love you and uh, love our neighbor in uh, a fulfillment of and as a reflection of uh, who you are and of uh, all of the law and the prophets. Uh, so be pleased, Father, to uh, give us your grace as we uh, look into this uh, matter again uh, this morning. And uh, uh, we ask the question, Father, uh, what is the best evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Uh, we thank you uh, that it is your love poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit given to us. And so make that a reality, we pray, as uh, we uh, study uh, your word, uh, so that it's not just uh, something that's... Uh, uh, objective truth, uh, but it's a living reality within us. We pray in the good name of Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen. Well, last week we uh, took a more specific look at uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7, and uh, we saw that uh, the apostle here is giving us a description of love. And uh, we say this is a, a description of love uh, because, for example, when you look at uh, verse 4, love is patient. And uh, you could put it this way, love is kind. Uh, we have uh, adjectives here, descript, uh, predicate adjectives that uh, describe the subject which uh, is love. And uh, so, uh, we have this description of love which is uh, given to us. And uh, since this is a description of love, uh, rather than a uh, definition of love, uh, we need to look elsewhere in the Bible uh, for uh, a definition of love. And so this is where uh, we're going now uh, to uh, see uh, a definition of love, and uh, then as I say in uh, number three in the outline, we want to align uh, the definition and the description. Uh, these two uh, go together. Uh, so turn with me, if you would, to First uh, John, uh, the little book of First uh, John in chapter 5 and uh, verse 3. First uh, John five three. Uh, for this is the love of God, 
<clears throat> so uh, John is going to tell us now what the love of God is. And uh, in some ways it's a little startling that uh, John uh, begins this way uh, or uh, defines uh, love uh, in this way. Uh, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Uh, notice how he... Uh, uh, sets forth the definition. It's not just that the commandments uh, themselves define uh, God's love, uh, but it's a keeping of uh, God's commandments. It's a walking in God's commandments. It's a doing of God's commandments. And now you can think of the Lord Jesus in, in this regard, uh, uh, where J Jesus says he, he didn't come to set aside uh, the law of God. He didn't come to set aside the commandments of God, but to fulfill them. And uh, one of the ways that uh, the uh, uh, words of God and the laws of God and the commandments of God are fulfilled is in uh, our doing them. <laughs> it seems like a, a very simple uh, thing, uh, but I think we often neglect this idea uh, in Scripture uh, with regard to fulfillment, it's the doing of uh, the commandments of God and the carrying out of the commandments of God. And notice uh, how uh, the Apostle John puts it at the end of verse 3. And his commandments are not burdensome. Uh, his commandments are not a burden. <clears throat> Uh, in other words, we should not look at God's commandments in a way and say, well, we could never do that. That's not a possibility for us. Now, uh, in, in one respect, this, this is exactly what we say. Uh, because we don't look at the commandments in this way. Uh, as a way in which uh, we can uh, earn points with God. Uh, as a way in which we can establish uh, our own credibility before God, uh, as a way that we can establish our own, as the Bible puts it uh, more pointedly, our own righteousness before God. We, we don't look at the commandments uh, in this way. Uh, the commandments are not a burden uh, in this respect, that... Uh, the commandments are given to uh, the redeemed people of God, uh, and uh, they're given to the redeemed people of a God to uh, of God as a way uh, for uh, the redeemed people of God, people like you and me, to show our love for God and for others. Uh, this is the idea. That this is, this is a gracious, uh, act on the part of God to give us, uh, the Ten Commandments more particularly, so that, uh, we are able, uh, by keeping these commandments to show our love, uh, to God and for God and to others and for others. Uh, this, this is the idea. And God is not laying a burden on us in this regard. He's graciously giving us a way in which to display our love and that which is in our hearts. So uh, this is the definition or a definition of love. And if you look at uh, 2 John, 2 John chapter 6, well, it wouldn't be chapter 6, would it? It would be verse 6. Second uh, John, verse 6, uh, a similar statement, maybe uh, even a little more pointed. And this is love, that we walk according to His commandments. This is love, that we walk according to His commandments. How do you display love? How do you show love? You walk according to the commandments of God. And so, uh, uh, this is similar to uh, 1 John 5.3. And uh, then if you go back to the Gospel of John, 
<clears throat> to a very familiar uh, verse, uh, John 14:15. You, you'd be able to to say this immediately, or you ought to be able to say this immediately. Uh, John 14:15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. A little bit different slant on the same idea. Is there love for God in your heart? Is there love for Jesus Christ in your heart? How is that love manifested? How is that love outwardly displayed and outwardly shown? You keep Christ's commandments. You walk according to His way. Uh, This is the idea. And then uh, uh, also a familiar passage, uh, Matthew, uh, Matthew 22, and uh, we'll read uh, Matthew 22, 36 uh, and following. Teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? Now, Christ now is coming at it from the other direction, as it were. Teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? And he said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, rather than starting with uh, the commandments, plural, uh, here here is the summary, uh, as the catechism puts it. Which is the great commandment and which is the second? Uh, The second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And... uh, the uh, the idea in the second commandment is uh, reflective of our problem uh, as individuals. We love ourselves too much. <laughs> it's not that we have to learn to love ourselves. We already do love ourselves. <laughs> uh, this is the astounding thing. We're very self-centered. See? I'll point the finger at myself. It's always me first, right? We think of ourselves first. We, we do love ourselves and we need to learn to love others at least as much as we love ourselves. <laughs> See, this is the idea that, that uh, Jesus is, is uh, presenting here. And then he says, on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Or, uh, uh, another way to understand it is, all the law and the prophets hang on or uh, follow from these two commandments. Love God and love your neighbor. And uh, uh, this is why we we think of the first table of the law, uh, the first four commandments, uh, referring to God, uh, loving God, and the second table of the law, uh, loving our neighbor. And so, uh, it's all bound up in, in uh, these commandments. Uh, and it's very striking uh, that this should be the case. Uh, so, uh, with this definition of love uh, from uh, the Scriptures, uh, as I say in uh, number three on the outline, align the definition with the description and so there's a sense in which what what we have is the definition is what what is love and uh, the description gives us uh, a little bit more on how uh, this love is to be expressed see you're to keep god's commandments but it's not just enough uh, that you keep god's commandments how you keep God's commandments is just as important as uh, keeping the commandments themselves. Uh, this is what happens when you uh, collate the two, when you uh, bring uh, the two together. Uh, 
And uh, so uh, the first example I'm taking uh, along this line is uh, the ninth uh, commandment. And uh, here's what the catechism has to say uh, with uh, regard to the uh, ninth commandment. Uh, which is the ninth commandment? The ninth commandment is, uh, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, or uh, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Okay? And uh, uh, as the catechism does it, uh, uh, there are two sides. What is required in the ninth commandment? And then what is forbidden in the ninth commandment? It, uh, the Catechism does this with each of the commandments. Uh, and, and this is a heads up. Uh, whenever there's a negative in Scripture, you can always think about the positive side. Uh, this, this is what uh, the Catechism is leading us to. The Ninth Commandment requires the maintaining and promoting of truth. The maintaining and the promoting of truth between man and man and of our own and our neighbor's good name, especially in witness-bearing. So the idea of the Ninth Commandment is the maintaining of truth, of telling the truth, of being truthful. And what is forbidden in the Ninth Commandment? The Ninth Commandment forbiddeth whatsoever is prejudicial to the truth. Now, I know none of us are ever tempted to shade the truth just a tad in our own favor. This, this is what the catechism is getting at. Now, don't think about politics here, please. It's very striking, isn't it? The shading of the truth. Uh, forbiddeth whatsoever is prejudicial to the truth or injurious to our own or our neighbor's good name. You should not denigrate yourself or your family's name. This, this would be a violation of the commandment. Very striking that this is the case. My, my wife could give me, give us some examples about me in this regard. Uh, I shouldn't go there and uh, uh, speak about myself in uh, a denigrating way. And uh, you shouldn't do that either. Uh, or about your neighbor. And uh, you should protect your uh, name and your neighbor's name. So that the uh, Ninth Commandment is about telling the truth. Uh, so now, uh, let's think about this uh, with regard to 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And uh, so as I'm saying, how you carry out the commandments is just as important as carrying out the commandments themselves. Uh, so uh, in, in this regard, uh, look at uh, Ephesians 4.15, and then we'll... We'll come back. I, sh I shouldn't have skipped over Ephesians 4.15 uh, because uh, uh, the connection is uh, quite, uh, quite striking. Uh, let's read uh, verse 14 in Ephesians 4. Uh, Paul warns uh, that we no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, uh, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, see, what should our posture be? Speaking the truth in love. There, there, there it's epitomized, it seems to me. The ninth commandment involves truth. Uh, 
It's part of the prescription of love. And so we need to speak the truth in love. And if we speak the truth in love, you will always speak the truth, uh, uh, going back to 1 Corinthians 13, uh, with kindness. Speaking the truth with kindness. Now, I can think of dozens of ways in which I violated this precept with our children. What's wrong with you? Don't you understand what we've just been talking about? You know, and we've been trying to drive home a point around the table, and all of a sudden I'm blurting out. Uh, with a lack of kindness, and not only that, with a lack of patience. I'm impatient. Is this love? No. I'm anxious for the truth. But uh, it would be the same in uh, discipling individuals. Uh, they don't. They don't get the truth. They. Uh, they deviate. They they ask questions. They they uh, try to go around uh, to the back door. They they're not listening. Uh, you think, and you get impatient uh, with them. Right? No. Love is patient. You present the truth with kindness and with patience. Uh, Dr. Blackwood uh, uh, brought up an aspect of this uh, after class uh, last time uh, when he said, "We, uh, uh, to me, uh, we sometimes get in this mold in the church. Well, uh, uh, we have the truth. We have the truth here. And we stand up for the truth. We may be a dwindling congregation, but to be sure, those people that are leaving, they don't understand the truth. And we brush them off. We're impatient with them. We don't extend the kindness of God to them. And in many respects, we're just, well, they're gone. Good riddance. You know, they're upsetting the apple cart. Uh, uh, with us here. No. We don't have a... Uh, 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 we don't have the truth circled uh, in a way uh, in our midst uh, that we're the repository of truth. <laughs> we can never look at ourselves in this way. And uh, when others may disagree... We have to listen. We have to be patient. We have to be kind. Uh, I'm struck by the fact that uh, in Japan, and I suspect this 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 is the case in India also, uh, but in Japan, there are people who have been coming to uh, uh, our churches in Japan for years. Uh, 10, 12, 15 years uh, bef- before they uh, will uh, come forward uh, in the congregation and make a publicly professed uh, faith uh, in Jesus Christ and submit to baptism. It's a big step for them. And uh, you have to be patient with them and work with them and uh, not... Uh, I get frustrated, uh, you see, uh, with circumstances like that. And uh, certainly, uh, more and more, I think we're going to find this is the case in our own culture and in our own society. Uh, it's very easy for us, us to say, well, uh, all you have to do is repent of your sin and trust in Jesus Christ and you'll become a Christian. Why don't you do that? <laughs> you see. And they're not ready. They're not ready. And uh, so uh, you and I 
need to exercise a great deal of patience and kindness. Uh, this is a manifestation of love. You stand for the truth, uh, but you do so uh, with uh, patience and kindness. And uh, what does First Corinthians go on uh, to say? Love does not envy or boast. Uh, uh, you don't have a boastful edge. I've already alluded to this. Like, you don't understand. But I understand. <laughs> and uh, uh, one of the things that turns people off uh, more than anything else uh, is to come across uh, with uh, a- an arrogant uh, edge uh, uh, and... Well, well, I've gotten ahead of myself. Love is not puffed up. That's that's uh, the category that that should uh, go under. Uh, and uh, when we come across in this way, it does turn uh, people off. And uh, I know I have to watch this because uh, uh, most of you uh, know me now well enough that that. Uh, 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 I'm the big mouth. <laughs> uh, that is, I get loud. I can get loud. And uh, maybe it's because some of my hearing is fading and I need to hear, <laughs> hear my, myself. Uh, but uh, uh, sometimes that can be uh, portrayed when you get loud and get forceful. Uh, that can be uh, portrayed as anger or arrogance. And uh, I think we need to watch that and uh, take care uh, that uh, uh, that's not the case. And the, the, the text says, uh, love does not envy or boast. And this has to do uh, with the uh, Tenth Commandment. Uh, actually, you shall not covet. It's the same word. And uh, uh, this this means that you recognize your own self-importance and you want others to recognize uh, your importance. You covet uh, recognition. It's very striking how uh, this takes place. And uh, I'll just speak about myself here again because uh, I know that how this can uh, operate with a pastor or a teacher. Uh, You like to hear good things in response to the message or the teaching. And uh, uh, sometimes when you don't hear good things, uh, it it, it rubs the wrong way. Well, that's a signal. See, that's a signal. There's something wrong going on uh, in the heart. And uh, how... Uh, we perceive others are receiving us uh, is important. We we need uh, not to covet uh, self-importance or uh, recognition. We need to recognize others. And h- how often it is uh, when you uh, uh, speak to someone in the congregation and uh, the, the first thing uh, out of your mouth is, well, h- how did it go this week uh, uh, with that situation in the, on your job that you mentioned to me last week? And they say, uh, uh, respond to your query. And then inevitably, I've, I've happened... Uh, 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 seen this happen to me several times here in the congregation. Uh, the response is then, thanks for asking. Thanks for asking. Uh, there you go. Uh, the emphasis is on others, not on self. Uh, do, uh, love is not puffed up. Uh, love does not pepper the truth with uh, vulgarities. This goes under, love is not rude. And uh, Paul uses this, uh, you may remember, this same word, uh, in speaking about couples, uh, that uh, you, you don't tr- 
treat uh, uh, someone else you're, you're dating in a crude manner or uh, your wife or your husband in a crude manner. Uh, this is the idea behind uh, the text. And uh, in our culture and in our society, uh, uh, certain terms that are vulgarities, it's not just profanity, they're vulgarities, uh, with sexual innuendos, uh, our speech is peppered with this kind of language. And it's very hard to avoid. And uh, we, we ourselves can uh, get into this habit, uh, you see, and uh, being uh, judgmental and uh, y- y- using... Uh, uh, the term Lord and the term uh, speaking about heaven and speaking about hell in ways that are not proper and pepping, peppering our uh, language uh, with uh, these kinds of things. And uh, this goes under the category, love is not rude. Love is just straightforward. Straightforward with the truth. Uh, this would be the idea. Uh, love does not... Uh, denigrate others uh, uh, using yourself as a standard. Love uh, does not insist on its own way. Well, I know uh, the best way. Uh, Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, But... uh, uh, activities can be carried out in many different ways, and individuals have different talents. And uh, how a- an activity is carried out may not be carried out in the way you would do it, but as long as what's being done is accomplished, it's all right. And uh, uh, again, I remember having many uh, struggles and difficulties uh, with myself, uh, with regard to our children in this way. And uh, w- one of my uh, daughters would try and needle me. She was good at it. She knew how to get under her father's skin uh, by uh, purposely going out of her way to do uh, something in a way uh, she knew I wouldn't do it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, very striking, you see. Patience, Dad, patience. Be kind. Don't demand your own way. Things can be done in different ways. And I gave you the illustration last week of being very irritated in the first congregation I served with the way the bulletin was being done. So I demanded that I do it myself. It's a big mistake. <laughs> big mistake. Say, no, you don't have to... You don't have to uh, uh, do that. Well, let's see. Back, uh, back to the te- uh, text again. Uh, uh, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice uh, in wrongdoing. It is not irritable or resentful. It, it, it does not provoke. Uh, love does not provoke. Uh, and uh, so when you tell the truth, uh, it shouldn't be with the idea of uh, uh, provoking someone and putting them on the, the uh, defensive. It would be the idea here. See, uh, in teaching, uh, the idea should not be uh, to put you on the defensive, uh, uh, but to uh, attempt to draw you in uh, to the truth of God. Uh, I used to say to my classes uh, at the seminary, uh, a good uh, a teacher, uh, I wouldn't say a good teacher, uh, a teacher is good at, at uh, presenting the truth and simply laying out the truth. Uh, a good teacher or a good pastor understands the principle of drawing individuals into the truth and to an active walk in the truth. And uh, so you, you, you don't uh, seek to be provocative. You don't seek to needle people. You don't seek to provoke uh, people uh, in uh, speaking the truth. 
And uh, uh, then uh, 1 Corinthians 13 says, uh, 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 well, I'm confusing things here. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice uh, in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. And in the mix there uh, is the idea of uh, uh, love does not list the sins of others. And uh, th- this would go under the category in uh, in 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, it does not rejoice uh, in wrongdoing. It does not uh, keep a list of wrongs. Uh, you can tell the truth, uh, but when you tell the truth, you don't dredge up things from the past. They, they may be truthful. <laughs> uh, in the same way, uh, when God forgives you and me, it's quite significant, isn't it? That He actually does forgive us and He promises never again to bring up those past sins and use those past sins against us. He promises He'll never bring those sins up again and use them against you. They're forgiven. What a wonderful thing that is. He doesn't keep a record of wrongs against you. And so, in the judgment, what happens? You're free. <laughs> See, what a wonderful thing that is, uh, that you're actually free. Uh, this is love. Uh, this is the kindness and patience and uh, generosity and goodness of God, uh, that He demands the truth, uh, but uh, your sins now have been paid for. This is part of the truth. And so He never brings those sins up against you Again, in the same way with others. You and I should not keep a record of wrongs. And although those wrongs should be, those wrongs are true, they're in fact sins that have been committed, lies that have been told, etc., etc. Uh, you don't reflect on those and you don't bring them up again. And you see, uh, this would be a matter of counsel for each of us individually too, would it not? That you don't dredge up the past, your own past, uh, and beat yourself down uh, with things that have happened in the past. Uh, yourself. No. Are they uh, 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 things that you've done and you can truthfully speak about them, but you don't keep a record of wrongs with regard to yourself in this regard, that you bring them up and use them against yourself and beat yourself down. See, this would be also be improper. This is not love. This is not a proper understanding of love. And then the Apostle says, Love rejoices in the truth. There you have it again. What is in your heart? The commandment is to love the truth, to exalt in the truth, and to always rejoice when the truth is spoken, even even if it's the hard truth. See, this is where you and I run into the problem, isn't it? That when it's the hard truth, that, that you've stubbed your toe or I've stubbed my toe and someone comes to me or someone comes to you and says, Denny, You've sinned. Uh, several years ago, I I had 
the privilege of uh, preaching a sermon in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, where uh, two of the churches in Beaver Falls were uniting uh, as one congregation. And I was asked if I would uh, preach at this service. And I was glad to. It, it, it was a very nice time and uh, a time of rejoicing. And uh, during the course of this sermon, I, I said something about uh, a professor at Westminster Seminary in California that I disagreed with. And uh, I got a letter in the mail from uh, Dr. Carson. Now I can't think of his first name. Like, yeah, Jim Carson, who uh, had worked uh, at Westminster Seminary in California. And uh, he knew these people well. And in his letter, he, uh, he said to me, Denny, I take exception to what you said about this professor. And I think you seriously erred in making those comments. And I was taken back. And I thought about it. And I sent a note back to Dr. Carson, Jim Carson. And I said to him, Jim, you're right. I repent. And I thank you for pointing this out to me. And uh, I went back and I scrubbed the recording. <laughs> uh, but, but you see... Uh, uh, the, the response to that was interesting, too. Because Dr. Carson, Jim Carson, came back to me and he said, Wow, I never expected a response like that. Why? Why wouldn't he respect, uh, expect a response like that? Because uh, often when you do something like you throw people back on the defensive. Uh, but you have to think through these things and actually rejoice in the truth because this is part of the process of sanctification and God bringing us more thoroughly into the image of Christ. This is what love is all about. And so uh, you have to take the commandments which define love and the description of love that's in 1 Corinthians 13, and pull them together. Because how you bring a, uh, you uh, carry out those commandments is just as important as the commandments themselves. And uh, uh, I've given to you here uh, other examples, a sixth commandment and a seventh commandment, uh, but I'm not going to uh, uh, get into that now. Uh, but uh, l let me just mention uh, uh, a couple of things from point four. Uh, Romans 5.8. The love of God poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And Ezekiel 36, where... God says, I will cause you, uh, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And uh, I will give you my spirit and I will cause you to walk in my statutes and carry out my ordinances. This is the power of love. And I'm very struck by this little pithy statement made by W.G.T. Shedd. Uh, with regard to uh, 
the idea of the love of God uh, in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Love is inclination. Where when you're born again, God gives you a new inclination of heart so that you love God and Jesus Christ and seek to keep His commandments. And then, if you understand 1 Corinthians 13 properly, you keep the commandments in the way, in the way Paul describes in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. And so you have the description of love and the power of love. And this love, we're going to get into this more, this love becomes the chief evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. The chief evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life and in my life. Uh, okay, do you have do you have a comment or a question? Okay, Nick. The question is, uh, since God does not hold uh, our sins against us, uh, what does it mean? So I'll, I'll rephrase it a little bit. What, is, what does it mean to be held accountable uh, in uh, the day of judgment? Uh, uh, there are two sides to this. Uh, uh, one side of it is uh, the fact that uh, the book of Revelation does say uh, that we'll be judged in accordance with our works, right? And I think this is what you're, you're getting at, uh, that uh, the book of Revelation does say that we're going to be judged in accordance with our works. Uh, now, uh, think about uh, Ephesians uh, 2.10 in this regard, that God has prepared beforehand good works that you should walk in them, correct? Yes. That, uh, that, that, that this is the posture. And in the end, if there are any good works in your life which are pleasing to God and upon which God may smile, those works are a manifestation of the goodness and the grace of God. Okay. And, and so, it, it's just another aspect of the fact that you can say, praise God! Who would have guessed that a life could be transformed and made new? Okay. It's all a gracious gift of God. Uh, then on the other hand, uh, uh, when you stand in the judgment, you realize, yes, uh, there may be, be things in my life upon which God can smile, but every one of those uh, things that were done, were done imperfectly. And it's only because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ imputed to me that I can stand perfectly before God in the judgment. And then, uh, you, you see, uh, an aspect of this is, we go through this. See, we should not individually keep a record of wrong ourselves. But it's pretty hard to forget a lot of things. And, uh, see, I think you can... You can uh, say that although God uh, uh, will never bring those sins up against you, they're still all there. And uh, in the judgment, uh, you may look and you can say, whoa, I didn't realize the depth of uh, what I have done. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness and the grace that you've extended to me. 
And so uh, th- these things make uh, uh, the wonder of what Christ has done and God's forgiveness all the more great uh, as we uh, contemplate what Jesus Christ has done. And uh, we see the wonder and the beauty of the grace of God. How could He do such a thing for someone like me? Uh, other comments or questions? Okay, let's pray. Lord, we're uh, thankful uh, for the demonstration of God's love. Your love. Uh, in that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. More and more, help us to understand the breadth and the depth of uh, this love. And, uh, Father, thank You for Your love poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit uh, given to us. Thank You for Your commandments. uh, Your Ten Commandments that uh, show us how uh, and in what way we may uh, show our love to You by walking in these commandments. Give us hearts to do so. And not only so, Father, uh, with this uh, definition of love in mind, uh, help us more and more to grasp the description of love given to us in uh, 1 Corinthians by Paul, so that we are patient and kind and not arrogant or proud, or boastful, but always rejoicing in the truth. And uh, in the end, because we uh, know that all things work together for good to those who love You and are called according to uh, Your purposes, uh, our hearts are always uh, full of uh, this love so that we bear all things Uh, in uh, this life and trust in You in all things and hope in You in all things and persevere in all things because this is Your love poured out in our hearts. Bless us to this end, we pray. In the good name of Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen.